up, everybody? Welcome to the You, Me, and Capri's, the celebration of the year 2021 in video games. I am one of your hosts, Ryan Turford, the man on the mongoose, but I'm also joined by the level 99 elf ranger, Mr. Garrett Bland. I'm also joined by the man himself, Matt Sawinski. We're also joined by the <laughs> sauciest potato, Consul Kato. And the pants man himself, Sean Capri. What is happening? It's an audio <laughs> podcast and everybody's waving. What is the matter with you guys? Have you never done this before? I, oh I thought God. he was directing me saying, how's it going or, or something. I, I, almost, I must say, hey. You almost had it. Like, you I almost had to, okay. I had to back right. it up. He didn't say anything. Look, I didn't want him to be the only one. And I had to, <laughs> of course, I had to call it out 100%. I, well, you know. I'm just Ryan. Thank you for doing the introductions. Good to have you uh, <laughs> leading the show here, Master of Ceremonies, as this is a very special time for us. And this is the first time that all five of us have gotten together. It's been a year. It's been a thing. We started a lot of content this year. We all kind of came together. And even it was partway through the year. I'm like, we should start like a, a chat in the Discord together because like we all like each other. I, I'm a fan of everybody on so. this call and I like hanging out with everybody. And this is... I love December. I love Game of the Year time. I love reflecting on years and to do it together as a group. This is like I'm I'm a little caught up in the moment right now. So thanks for uh, introducing everybody for everybody else of, you know, making the most of the moment. So appreciate that, you guys. <laughs> yeah, You're no welcome. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, I, I can't believe we're all on the same call together. I mean, yeah, we've we've had a, a pretty big year, you know, starting all the shows, the PlayStation Drive, the RPG Cave, the Nintendo yeah. Drive and, and bringing on some new members. And it's been really awesome to see kind of the growth over the course of this year. And uh, I'm so excited to finally talk about games with everyone because I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Not only that, but we're really celebrating the community coming together as well. We've yeah. got a lot of community submissions to go through, 22 in total, in fact. So huge thank you to everyone who took the time to, to let us know kind of your favorite games this year, but also just sticking with us throughout the entire year, whether you're on Discord or Twitter or in the YouTube comments or wherever you're in interacting with us. Is I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for being awesome throughout the entire year. So yeah, this man. is kind of a celebration of the community and us. And that's why I thought it'd be an awesome idea to have everyone together to have this big celebration in games, even though it's awesome to talk about, you know, the best games of the year, because talking about stuff you love is always fun. So here's how this show is going to work. Obviously, we don't have categories or anything like that this year. We're not like a, a, an editorial outlet or anything like that. So we're not trying to do anything like fancy spancy here. We were basically going to go through everyone's three favorite games they played this year. And then we're going to do some honorable mentions in the end. And of course, throughout the show, you'll be hearing from all of the members of the Yumi Capri community as far as what their favorite selections are as well. And, and we are also not limiting it to games that came out this year. It's any game that we played this year in theory. So Garrett in theory could say Chrono Trigger. Like he said on the RPG cave, he could. Yes. It, it's a possibility. So let's get into this. We're going to start it off with Garrett, the blandest mm -hmm. of explosions himself. Garrett, what is your third favorite game that you played this year, my friend? So my list is, is actually pretty eclectic. Um, of course, you know, with RPG cave, I gave away my favorite RPGs. Um, and not so much on my top three games. There's a, there's a lot of mixture of everything else. So my third game, which I had, just a blast having fun with this one. Mario 3D World plus yes. Bowser's Fury nice. on the Nintendo Switch. I remember getting this on opening like the first weekend that it came out. And man, oh man, I had so much fun with this game. Um, I'm glad that they ported this over to Switch. Um, I never had a Wii U. 
um, and never had that console or those played those games. So it was great to have it on this platform playing on handheld. And I just went through a weekend to just play that game. It's, it's actually pretty short, pretty compact, but mm-hmm. you get a lot of fun out of that mm-hmm. game. Lots of creativity of the different worlds. I love the level design of it. Mixture of 2D and 3D type of like, I don't know, like orthogonal view or whatever. Um, full of life and creativity. And I love the Bowser's Fury addition to that game as well. Um, so yeah, that's that's my third favorite game of the year. I had such enjoyment. That music, one. man, that music is yeah. so special. The soundtrack is excellent. I'm so glad you picked that freaking character. I love that game. Man, I love this. This is already fun, Ryan. Yeah, okay, definitely. Ryan, I know I'm already going to break the rules here, but I have to jump in because <laughs> right. this is also my third favorite game. Ooh. Yes. It's also yeah. my third favorite. Obviously, we all know I did not play many games this year. We found that out. And I looked at my list of what I played, and I think Overcooked 2 was like my second most played game. But anyway, despite <laughs> nice. that. Nice. Solid um, choice. Super Mario 3D World was a game that I actually played with some friends, and we played all the way through. It was also my first time playing it as well, because I did not have – well, I did have a Wii U, but I sold it after like a month, I think. Um, so enjoyed it because we were all just terribly bad at it. And mm-hmm. when you're really bad at a Mario game, it just makes it that much more exciting. So, yes, that was You just life. laugh at each, at each yeah, other or something right. like that? Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> and you just try to knock each other off or do whatever you can to make it more challenging for everyone else, even though you're all trying to get to the same goal. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah. I mean, actually, Super Mario 3D World is like my favorite 3D Mario game of all time. I love that game. Yeah, I loved man. it on the Wii U. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't pick up the Switch version yet, but I'm definitely going to at some point. But I'm, I'm really excited to see what the Bowser's Fury <laughs> DLC is. I mean, to be fair, I'm I'm the type of person that leaves my Wii U hooked up all the time, so I don't Same. mind pulling out my game pad uh, and playing weirdo. it on the Wii U. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, just messing with you. Sometimes I have an itch for you know Xenoblade Chronicles X or you know playing some yes. GBA games, and mm-hmm. that's one of the best ways to do that. It's on the Wii U, so you're not yeah. wrong. Yeah, exactly. I- I love Mario's uh, 3D World's ability to just have that connectivity with people, regardless of how good they are at games. Um, my wife and I, like, almost 100% of that game, and she she's very picky wow. and choosy about the games that she'll play, and she won't play them often. But it was so much fun because she would always try a bunch, and if she get really frustrated at levels, she'd be like, pick me up and carry me to the end, please. <laughs> yeah. And I just, you know, hoist her up and off we go. And it's just like, it's so much fun. <laughs> that entire game is just an endless blast. Yeah. You just said your wife. That's awesome, man. Congratulations. I know, right? That's so you. cool. Yeah. That's yeah. new. We're actually just <laughs> like we're recording this when Matt just, Matt just got back from getting married. So congrats to him, of course. Oh, congrats. Congrats. So My thank God. you. Thank you. So definitely great pick <laughs> from God. both Kato and yeah, Garrett man. with Super Mario 3D World. Uh, definitely uh, one that deserves a spot on this list for sure. So Matt, I'm going to go to you next. What is your third favorite game of the year, my friend? You know what? Weirdly enough, I also have Super Mario 3D. No, I'm just out of this. For me, uh, my third game, I, I, you know what, Ryan? I, I mentioned this before we got started, but I really had a hard time deliberating and my list mm-hmm. is fluctuating as I go. But like one of the biggest things when it comes to me making these decisions is I think about which games really stayed with me. And I'm so surprised given the conversations that we had leading up to this game's launch on the PlayStation Drive that Deathloop was my number three game of this year. I cool. can't stop thinking about it even to this day. The way that everything flows and functions the way that you're able to kind of freely go through the levels and tackle them and there's there's obviously like an optimal route but like you can really play around with and really break the structure of that game if you really want to 
I'm not usually one that engages too, too much in those kinds of multiplayer, but I spent a bunch of time playing as Juliana, going and chasing after Colts. The performances in that game just across the board are phenomenal. I could listen to, you know, Juliana and Colt banter on for hours. It's just, I went into that game feeling very tired of it before I even started playing just because of how much marketing and how many trailers we'd seen of it. And I instantly forgot all that in the first open couple hours. I, I really, really fell in love with Deathloop. Uh, and I'm genuinely surprised uh, that it's in my top three because, again, I, I wasn't expecting it to be. And I really loved it. It's it's phenomenally put together and it's really, really well done. Nice. That was not what I was expecting you to tell me about it because I know we've had many conversations about it where I know like you really enjoyed your time with it. But I didn't think you would enjoyed it that much, especially with mm-hmm. the ending, which is something with that game. Um, yep. But for the most part, I'm, I'm glad to see it here. I, I know that. You and I were really the only ones that I had a chance to play Deathloop, but I know that I also really enjoyed it as well. Um, mm-hmm. And it definitely deserved accolades for sure. So I'm glad that you picked it, my friend. I think that's a good, good, good thing to go with. I almost put Blue Box's game uh, in number three, but I just, you know, I, I couldn't oh bring myself my God. to it. I hate you so much, Matt. <laughs> you know, Damn, you know, tomorrow people have already heard this in the past already, but we're talking about Blue Box software on the show tomorrow, Matt. So yeah, you're already getting yourself excited for it. So tinfoil hats. Please be excited. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, my list is a list that everyone probably can kind of predict in a lot of ways. I, I mean, the way I've talked about the three games that are in my top three, like they're kind of the most Ryan Turford three picks, the Raider picks of all time. But at the same time, like Matt, like there was a glut of amazing games that came out this year to the point where when we get eventually get to Audible Mentions, I could have made a list of like, 20 or 30 honorable mentions because this year was such a Ryan Turford year that for these three games that I'm about to list off to stand out, like they, they meant so much to me because of that. Like that they're the reason, like there's a reason why they're my top three. So my number three game is a game that we've talked about a lot, including a podcast where we recorded for three and a half hours yes, talking yes. about this oh, game. Wow. And that is Tales of Arise. Of course, I'm a huge fan of the Tales series going all the way back to the PlayStation 2, GameCube, PS1 era. Um, the, it's an RPG series that that stuck with me for a long time. And every time a new entry is coming out, I always look forward to it, even though the formula had pretty much remained largely unchanged for years and years and years. And that really changed this year with Tales of Arise for me personally, where the team at Bandai Namco really stepped it up with this game in a way that I wasn't expecting it to have the lasting impact on me that it did um, to the point where it's one of my favorite games that came out in a year that was already stacked of great choices for me personally. So tales of arise from the characters to the writing, to the action combat, everything about that game. I loved to pieces. So I'm so happy I played this year. I'm so happy to include a tales game on my favorite three games of any year in particular, because I can't recall a year where that's ever happened. And uh, I really encourage people who love RPGs, love action RPGs, who like open world games to check it out because I think it's an incredible game and and it's definitely worth your time and definitely respects your time too, especially because like most RPGs become like hundreds of hours long, but not Tales of Arise. 30 to 40 hours, you're in and out and it's a fantastic experience. That's a good length. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My God. I can't imagine spending that long playing one game. Well, we're going we're gonna to get to that, Kato, because actually you and I understand what it's like to spend many, 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 many hours with one game. But let's bring in Kevin Ainsworth at the Muffin Mon 
and he's also at Project X Talk on Twitter, yeah. part of the Project X Talk podcast. And he says, Tales of Arise is my favorite Sorry, Tales is my favorite gaming series, and Tales of Arise took it to the next level. Bandai finally gave them a budget, and it showed a great story with fantastic characters and a combat loop that is so, so satisfying. Kevin, you definitely wrapped it up super well, and I don't need to go any further with it, which is why I move on to Sean. Sean, what is your number three game of the year, my friend? You're not going to believe this, you guys, but my number three game is Tales of Arise. <laughs> yes. And I'm right with you. So, so, and to be honest with you guys, I, I've got a list of games here. I really was like thinking like, maybe I'll just like flub this up and we'll see how it goes. And this is really just <laughs> where I land. This is where my heart is. Um, because the other two games I'll talk about, they, they are, they, I think, I think this is a good kind of ordering, but Tales, I come from this at a completely different angle than, than Ryan or a lot of people who come from the Tales like history. Like they, they played all the games. They know JRPGs. They know all the things. I'm kind of a newbie when it comes to this wee business. And I got to say, like, I kind of like how this feels. <laughs> uh, I've really enjoyed this story. I like that to Ryan's point, like it did feel like it respected my time. And I was just like amazed at how I was surprised all the time. It seems like everything is cliche when you come into this thing. Like you kind it feels like you should know what's going to be around the corner. And just when you think you've got everything sorted, it out a dude who looks like sephiroth comes sweeping in and like knocks you on your feet like changes everything you think you're going to be stuck in this iron mask like leonardo dicaprio for the whole damn game and then he's like this handsome anime guy underneath and the the lady with the thorns and all the things it is so good i'm going to do the opposite way of how uh, ryan describes it so eloquently i'm just going to call it all the weird and ridiculous things about this game tales of a rise really caught me off guard alongside actually i'll skip to a quick honorable mention because it's kind of related in scarlet nexus like i look at these games in previews and i go i'm good i don't really feel like i need to play that day one and i am completely different after 2021 i played both of these games tales of a rise is the one that sort of like edged it out and I am in love. This is a game I will remember for a very, very long time. And it has me looking forward to what comes next in the Tales series, Ryan Turford. You're definitely one of us now. You're definitely one, one with of the us. weebs. You're one of the RPG the folks like myself and, and Garrett. And it's Matt. happening. Kato, mm-hmm. we're going to get you next. Just wait. It's going to happen. If You're I had the time, I promise you, <laughs> I would be 100% in on the RPG thing. But it's just so hard to find time. Yeah. That's true. That's we'll fair. give you a, a list channel. of RPGs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> there are a lot of short over the next 30 years. My God. Right. My God. This game's great. Well, before we go back to Mr. Garrett, I do want to bring yeah. in some more members of our community to talk about some games as well that I don't know if we're going to pick anyways, but you never know. You might surprise me with this one. So let's start with Brent Robinson at Okotok's Lawyer on Twitter, who says, Hades is his favorite game of the year. And he says, super fun, super engaging progression and story was enough to get me to put a hundred runs in to clear the story. Oh my gosh. That's a lot of Hades. And then let's move to Tyler Kopp on on Twitter at AcidTK03. His favorite game of the year is Call of Duty Vanguard. He says, the story was phenomenal. The characters that we learned about throughout the story were great. The villains had a different feeling to them, and it made the game even better. Unfortunately, the multiplayer doesn't hold up, but the story is definitely the best part of Call of Duty Vanguard. That's an interesting pick. Wow. Like, it's something mm-hmm. we didn't really hear like a lot of buzz about the story with Call of Duty Vanguard. I, I, I mean, I haven't played the campaign for I it. I didn't play it. Yeah. Neither. But uh, it's really interesting. Kato played it. No. Nope. That's true. 
like seven times over. Right? Yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> At least on the side, times. I just don't even talk about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then our, the last one I want to pull from the community before we go back to Garrett comes to us from Delroy in the Discord. That's that's how Delroy referred to himself on his form. He says, Chicory, a colorful tale is his favorite. Oh. And he says, Chicory is likely a game not many people actually played, which is a shame. It's a smaller game, but one that oozes heart, charm, and creativity. The painting gameplay mechanic is refreshing and bright. The story is emotionally impacting and poignant, and the accessibility features are top-notch, making it a game that everyone can play, enjoy, and see to the very end. Plus, it never oversees its welcome and never runs out of ideas throughout. I love this in an era of huge bloated games. I love the positivity and the awesome messaging around this game. It's a treat, a perfect holiday game to enjoy with a hot beverage and a loved one. Mm. And Matt, I saw you cheer a little bit. I know you've also played Chicory. I mean, it's it's on my honorable mentions. I was going to shout it out later on. Um, I I agree with a lot of um, their points. I do think it's it's a little, a little too long. I think if it cut off a little bit more of that, of a a bit of that midsection, it would have helped it flow a little bit more, but the way that it deals with mental health, the story that it tells of, of dealing with expectations and how you can possibly live up to them, even just being a normal person in this world that they exist in. It's a beautiful game with a fantastic score. It's just, it's so well done. It's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's one of my honorable mentions. I was going to bring it up later. Fantastic pick. It actually just came to Switch. So, I mean, I think it's definitely a perfect yep. game to, to play there as well. So, <laughs> I'll be buying it next out. week, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I, I oh, the eShop sales. Well, while Sean checks the eShop sales, Garrett, hit me up next. What's yes. your number two pick, my friend? Well, I had to get at least one RPG into this list. And I actually, re- I, I thought about this quite a bit because I'm not done with this game, but I know. It is it is up there for at least now my number two of the year, and I can't wait to finish it. That is Shin Megami Tensei Five. Um, I am just in love with this game. Um, if, for people who don't know, this series Shin Megami Tensei is a kind of a monster catching uh, type of game like Pokemon, but much darker, much more obtuse, um, and it's from Atlas. Um, so. The reason why I'm really liking this game, it's probably one of the best turn-based like formula I have seen in a game, at least in a very long time. Um, I think it has the right amount of difficulty, which is it's pretty rough. It can be difficult, but um, it's it's also you can be very strategic about it. You have to prepare for your boss battles. Um, a lot of different monsters have different affinities. So it's a lot more granular than Pokemon where it's like, oh, I speeds flying. That's pretty much it. It's like, no, each monster has specific strengths and weaknesses. And you have to actually go through that and prepare your monsters, uh, for the next battle. So you're going to lose a lot in this battle, in, in this game, but the reward after like going through that boss, going through that next like area, it's, it's really, it's really rewarding. Um, I really like the openness of this game compared to previous games in this installment as well. Um, they're much, you know, they're much bigger and like you can traverse and get around these monsters pretty easily if you want to. Um, so you don't have to encounter them as much. Some monsters are faster than others. Um, but overall, I feel like it's a much more accessible, uh, game than any previous installments. 
Um, but yeah, I am really, really enjoying this game, guys. I, I have a question. So, I have a question. Yes. I'm hearing lots of people talk about this game, but I'm not hearing yes. anything about um, waifus and husbandos, and I have no <laughs> idea what happens in this game. So I There's, feel like you just need to like reorganize your thoughts a little bit and talk to like yes. my, my soul a little bit here. Okay, so there are definitely explicit monster design parts oh. in this game <laughs> that, go, quickly. <laughs> that go both ways for you, Sean Capri. So don't worry. You will have your fill of, of that, you know, type monster of Monster waifus and monster husbandos. It's definitely not human it's more than I bargained for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. There, hope that entices you to, to so, get so into the So I could go Persona and be confused by these yeah. high school kids. And I, or I could go Shimagami yes. Tensei and Sexy Monsters is what you're saying to me. <laughs> you mm-hmm. get confused by awesome. demons, man. All around. Yes. So I'm sign me up. I'm here. I don't okay. think I've ever heard a better description of Persona and SMT than right there. That was perfect, Sean. <laughs> I applaud your weebness. Yep. Make a poster of it. That was a great comparison. Yes. Mm-hmm. Confusing high school kids and sexy monsters. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's about the end of the world, so I don't know how many how many you know sexy high school girls are going to see at the end of the world, Sean. But there is the the actually world. quite so a bit of monster <laughs> designs in there. Like, and now I'm thinking about it, I have at least like two or three in my party. And I was like, oh wait a second, okay, you have a harem. Nice. Um, <laughs> I have to ask Garrett because like, ha- have yes. we seen, cause I'm playing SMT five as well. I'm probably like 10 yes. to 12 hours into it so far. Is that very yeah. phallic monster from persona five in, in this one as well? Do you know which one I'm Ooh. talking about? Ryan's face. I know which one. <laughs> I just want to ask. I have to ask. Do you know which one I'm talking I, about? Ryan knows. Yeah. I need a, I need to, I need a little bit more description. It's the than one this. with it's the wagon wheels and the male gelatelion. Oh, yes. Yes, of course. That, no, that I see why you guys were skirting around the issue. I get it now. Yeah, now you understand okay. why the face bomb was all about Sean. I understand. I mean, uh, monsters share between Persona and Shemagama Tensei, so they yeah, do. This, so that's why this, I was curious if this one did. Uh, Sean, I'll drop you a link in the chat just for your own, um, oh god. your own curiosity. Oh my god! <laughs> my god. In amusement. There you go. My wife is going to walk in as soon as I open that picture. So <laughs> she's like, what I'll on wait earth are you safe. looking at? It's, it's not a sexual innuendo. It's a blight message. It's a monster. It's like, yeah. <laughs> and and uh, no, I don't want us to get kicked off YouTube. So I'm not putting you up just a picture your monster for dick pic. No, no, don't put a picture. No, don't put Just for Sean's own awareness. <laughs> of course. Of course. Mm-hmm. There you go. Well, Somehow making me self-conscious, I think. But that's a, that's a great pick as well. Like I, I'm not far enough either for it to, to get super close on my list, but I'm really mm-hmm. enjoying it as well. So it's one of those games where um, I was a little disappointed to see it kind of pretty low in NPD last month. So I am hoping that yeah. it's a game that maybe people pick up after Christmas or next year and, and definitely give it a try too, because I definitely think it's worth playing as well. So there mm-hmm. you go. Yep. All right. Next up, Matt, what's your number two pick, my friend? So again, just kind of going with the games that really stayed with me and surprised me this year. Uh, my number two is Guardians of the Galaxy. Nice. Uh, well, I understand nice. it's not a perfect game and there is a lot like, you know, there's people have issues with combat, which is reasonable and completely understandable. I personally loved a lot of what this game did and what it did for me in the way of presenting me with an iteration of characters I already really cared about and then becoming now my definitive favorite of how these characters are portrayed across the movies and across the comics. Wow. I've been reading the like the Marvel cosmic side for years and years now. And I really loved what they did with the, you know, James Gunn did with the characters in the movies as well. But this feels like the most emotionally mature group of characters without losing that inherent stupidity that the Guardians has kind of built into it. Um, it, it deals with mental health in a really apt and actually emotionally mature way. It deals with situations that 
really make you care about these characters. And like this again, Peter Quill in this game and Gamora and especially and everything that Drax goes through is that there's so much heart built into it. And it's so clever in some of its monster design and some of its boss design. I, I had like, not to obviously to this extent, but like old school Metal Gear flashbacks with some the bosses and stuff where you're kind of like, I'm doing everything that I thought I should be doing. Why isn't this working? Oh, wait, I need to do the exact opposite of what, I, of, of what I'm used to doing. It's so cleverly put together. The way that the game remembers and changes depending on what you're doing isn't massive, but it's enough that it feels earned and feels important. Uh, I was really going into this game expecting like a solid seven, especially once we saw that unveiling. And like, I was very excited about it, but I was expecting, okay, if if I got a solid story out of it, then I was happy. For it to be number two on my list this year, I'm so pleasantly surprised. And it's just, it stayed with me so deeply because of the characters, because of the writing and because of how much it, cares in every sense mm-hmm. of the word about its own characters about the world itself and just it's 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 fantastic and i i loved it i loved it yeah like it's somewhat like who hasn't really you know read the comics or you know i've i've seen the marvel guardians of the galaxy movies but like i'm mm-hmm. not someone who was super in love mm-hmm. with those characters it's also a game that like really run me over for everything you just talked about with the writing and everything else i think the combat felt a little bit flat to me which is why it's like mm-hmm. it definitely didn't make my list in particular but it definitely got pretty close because I, I love the way that game, like uh, the the going through that, that journey with the the guardians themselves, and I love the banter between the the characters as well. And again, the overall plot was not something I was expecting the, them to go in kind of that direction, but mm-hmm. I love the direction they went with it. And plus, you know, you got to give it to the music throughout that game too, uh, because you know I kind of harp on you know games that really over, are like overly reliant on licensed music because sometimes it feels. A little bit lazy that there's if there's especially if there's not enough original music in that game but not only is there original music in this game too but the way they kind of blend it all together the way the licensed music is used mm-hmm. in this game in particular is just kind of something that set it over the top as well so yeah See, I, cool. I have to agree with that and that's something that i i love that you bring that up ryan because i played it in streamer mode so i lost all the licensing music as as you know as my journey through it which i do feel like i missed out on but it just speaks to the quality of the game and the quality of the music that they wrote for the game because all of that is also fantastic um i i, I do wish that i i you know the first time you fail a huddle and never going to give you up pops on because i saw that in a clip i wish i could have experienced that but it speaks to the quality of the game and even outside of that i i loved it nice nice well you're not so, alone matt because there mm-hmm. are two other people in the community that agree with you on this one. So let's start with Seamus McIsaac at Famous Seamus, who says, fun gameplay, beautiful visuals, excellent voice acting, and a fantastic character of characters and a surprisingly touching story. Guardians became one of the biggest surprises in 2021 after a somewhat okay first showing at E3 this year where you fought Jello Shots. And then Todd Oxtra at Toxtra, who also is on the Secret Friends Unite podcast as well, says, I love the story, visuals and gameplay. It was such a nice surprise and made me love the Guardians even more than I did in the movies and comics. So very nice, my friend. Uh, Garrett, I I think you had something you were going to say before. Yeah, I'm in the middle of playing this game and I've been having a blast. I just completed, I think I completed chapter one, so not in the middle, but I I am really, (laughs) 
enjoying <laughs> the interactions between these characters. I, I'm, and I can see a lot of the Tomb Raider DNA in this game. It's actually mm. shocking how much DNA is in there. I'm like, oh, okay, we're going through the little cracks and crevices right now. Oh, I see what this is. Um, but yeah, that's the first I, I've heard that Garrett. That, I've never yeah, heard anybody really? mention that about this game is that there's, there's Tomb Raider DNA in there. Oh, that's, it's, it's all over the place. Uh, like the mechanics of this game, like the action part of it and the level oh. design, it's easily Tomb Raider esque. Now the art, like, like progressing your character, not so much. That's, that's totally different, but the way it's going, shifting from one level to the other, it is there's Tomb Raider written all over it. I love sure. it, man. I'm also in yeah. the middle of playing this game. And by in the middle of it, I mean, I have it downloaded. So I can't wait to experience <laughs> there you go. Yeah. that as well. Yeah. <laughs> you've done, you've taken the first step, Sean. It yeah. happened. Halfway there. Exactly. All right. Kato, what is your second pick, my friend? <laughs> okay. I need to set the scene here. Of course. Nice. It's July, 2021. Yeah. You know, Animal Crossing has been out for almost a year and a half at this point. Some would say that it's dying. And yes. we're all, no update in sight. Everyone's looking for that next thing that we're all going to shift to. We're all going to just, you know, abandon Animal Crossing, jump ship to something else. What is it going to be? And I don't know if this counts because technically this game is seven years old. Yes. But... There Do was it. an expansion pack that came out in July, Sims 4 Cottage Living. Oh. So I jumped onto the Sims 4 Cottage Living train. I never completely jumped off the Animal Crossing train, but it was enough for me to download. I I don't even want to admit how many expansion packs that I downloaded and how much money <laughs> I spent. Yeah. <laughs> On Sims 4, I think someone did the math and technically it's like $800 or something if you buy every expansion pack. I didn't do all of that, but I anytime a sale would come around, I would buy three packs here, three packs there, you know. Um, but Sims 4 Cottage Living was great. I felt like, and I know this isn't what happened, but there's a huge cottage core obsession in Animal Crossing. It's a huge thing. And I just feel like some Sims developer saw that and was like, hey, Let's make mm -hmm. an entire expansion pack based off of this and try to get all of these Animal Crossing people to come play our game. I don't think that's what happened, but that's what I'm going to tell myself happened. <laughs> but this was fun to play. Um, it was nice to kind of take a little break from Animal Crossing, design in something else, kind of use the elements from designing in that game. Obviously, I didn't actually play The Sims in the way that you're supposed to play. I was just designing um, and it made me just wish for all of these things to come to Animal Crossing. And I will talk about that later. But mm. Sims 4 Cottage Living, my number two game. Amazing. It was really good. That's awesome to hear. I mean, I, someone who actually really likes The Sims a lot, I used to play it a ton on PC, especially Sims 4, like when it first came out seven years ago, like I put a ton of time into Sims Sims 4, like more time than I'm willing to admit because I actually really like that game a lot. Um, I mean, I, I like more of the gameplay versus the design aspect, although I really like, you know, designing houses and stuff like that. Like I thought, thought that aspect was always really fun about The Sims. Uh, but then I love kind of have my, my, having my character go get a job and, you know, do all that stuff, you know, maybe fall in love and have a child one day, 
you know, something, you know, we don't do in real life. But how is this not on Switch, (laughs) this game, first of all? Second of all, they need to have like a podcasting community expansion pack. Like we should have like all the indie podcasters (laughs) all in there. Like I want a Kato character in there. I want I want Garrett to move into the neighborhood. Sean, I think under the media profession, I think there is like a, a whole skill tree that goes down the podcasting route. I think that's already in the game. Are you saying we need to record a podcast in The Sims? Do we need to recreate this (laughs) in The Sims? I'm down with it. House party. Yeah. I'm so down. Absolutely. Virgil house party. We're going to build the Yumi and Capri house. But yeah, why is it on Switch, Sean? Who knows? I mean, to be fair, that game actually, (laughs) if you run it on Xbox One or PS4, it like barely runs on those games. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah, it does not run well, so... Maybe maybe it's too too much to handle for the switch, but there were a it's lot a game that of, would be perfect for it. There were a lot of people in my community who had issues running it on their PC, so yeah. I wow. can't imagine it, it running on the switch. It's a fairly demanding game, especially if you're like. It depends on what neighborhood you pick in The Sims as well, because it like renders mm-hmm. in the entire neighborhood at once. So if you're in like a really busy neighborhood with a lot of houses, like it it can like cripple even like newer machines. So mm. yeah. And I also think that I am in the minority when it comes to this, but I like The Sims 4, like, business model that they have where they just continue to put out expansion packs. (laughs) I've talked about that, like, endlessly on the Nintendo Drive that I am willing to give you my money to give me what we're asking for in a game. So if that's what they want to continue to do, I know that's not for everyone, but for someone who wants to continue to play the same game, I'm all for this. And I know that's not the popular opinion, but I enjoyed that about The Sims because like if I had been playing for a week and I was like, oh, I want some more stuff, I could just go on there and buy more stuff. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was there for mm-hmm. me. Well, not um, only that, but like the expansion packs for that game, like don't get enough credit because I feel like some of them like really change the way the game works too. They do. In, like really interesting ways. Like they have this like Star Wars expansion pack where like your your Sims can get like force powers and go on like lightsaber battles <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, so, I, right. What? Okay, I'm getting this game now. Yeah, there's like all kinds of weird stuff with the expansion packs. And it's one of those things where like, yeah, some people might look at that $800 price drag and think that's unreasonable, but it's just like, you don't have to buy all that stuff. You but buy yeah, you can what also you're pick interested and choose. In. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that model, like, too, especially with as someone who plays a lot of MMOs. That's kind of how they piecemeal things content out that way, too. So I, I kind of like that model for like game, the games as service kinds of games or like games that that are evolving with content throughout the years like The Sims does for sure. Yeah. All right. I just looked at the picture that Matt sent me about Shimigami Tensei and I'm <laughs> severely disappointed. Yeah, you did. Yeah. 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 Oh. Disappointed in the picture and me or okay, what? Where's the I disappointment? Think, I, I think humanity. Where's the disappointment? <laughs> I, I think <laughs> that monster was made in like 1989. So That's there true. you go. It was that actually in like the NES, you know, version of Shimigami Tensei. We talked about that on the Shimigami Tensei episode of the RPG. Game. It's like we seven pixels. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I'm glad Kato's here to keep it classy because hey. Shimigami Tensei made it on that list of pretty quick guys. Yeah. Yep. Well, <laughs> speaking of Shin Megami Tensei, I'm going to segue to my pick, which is not Shin Megami Tensei, but it is a Switch game like Shin cool. Megami Tensei. It is one of the my favorite games that I've played in years. It's a game that's really stuck with me. It's a game that I've actually completed multiple times this year in the span of the two months that it was has been released. It's a another game that we did like a big like review discussion with like myself and Sean and 
I was very happy we did that because that game is Metroid Dread. Metroid is, is my yeah. number two game for the longest time. It was my number one game. I thought on this was going to be number one. Mm-hmm. You, I, I thought mm. it was too, because I'm such a huge Metroid fan. I mean, Metroid is my all time favorite video game series. The fact that I've been waiting for a new 2D Metroid, not just a remake of a 2D Metroid game, but an actual new 2D Metroid game it, for however long it's been since Metroid Fusion came out. And to finally get one that was so well put together, like I couldn't have asked anything more of Nintendo. But the fact that, again, it wasn't my number one game just shows how much my number one game really means to me. But Metroid Dread, an amazing experience from beginning to end. I loved the story. I loved uh, the Samus's betrayal this time around and kind of like her evolving story throughout the experience. She doesn't she's a, a woman of few words, but at the same time, she she definitely speaks more with her actions, with her words. I also love the the environmental storytelling that's going on with the world that you're exploring and all the different areas you go to, the enemies you fight, the bosses, the difficulty, like all of that stuff is like super interesting to me. So I really enjoyed my time with with Metroid Dread. I loved it to death. It's definitely my favorite Switch game period, on the platform, regardless of, of wow. genre. So uh, I'm so glad that that it's out. I've played it multiple times, and I can't wait to play it more next year because I, I do want to try and speed run it and then get to under the the two-hour mark or even under the under the nice. uh, hour-and-a-half mark, you know? But so, had to be say. Something that really impresses me about that game is just how different it can be depending on how you're playing it. Like, the way that people have already broken it apart and, like, gotten different upgrades and different possessions, like, in different orders and then being able to, like, crush boss, bosses just because they got something early. I, I think that game was just a lot of fun and so fluid. And I, I, I'm I'm not surprised and I am surprised, Ryan, that it's not at your number one, but I'm guessing we're going to get there and I'm going to not be surprised as to why. I was going to say, we're you probably surprised. already know what it is without me saying anything. But mm-hmm. uh, there you Cooking go. Cooking mama. Mm-hmm. Cooking Mama, Cooking Star was in fact the great. No, just kidding. Um, but Sean, before we go to you, unless your number two pick is Metroid Dread, I don't know. It is not. Know. Honorable well, mention. Honorable. I'm going to bring in the community because the community had a lot to say about Metroid Dread. Let's start with Low Rule at Low Rule Legend on Twitter, who says it is literally the best gameplay I have played in years. Samus controls so perfectly, and the game is so replayable. The game may only be 10-ish hours, but you can replay it a ton of times, and it never loses its charm. And then we got Andros at Nintendo Pals, who's on the Nintendo Pals podcast. He says, this game was a great mix of fantastic gameplay, cinematic story, and gorgeous art style. I am new to the series, but I can say that now I am a big fan. The game is very, very good. And he put very in capital letters, so definitely you know that it's really good. Paired with really, it. it paired really nicely with the OLED Switch. And now I can't wait to play Metroid Prime 4. Metroid Dread equals game of the year. And then our last one on Metroid Dread, it comes to us from John Blocko at Dads After Work. I'm assuming from the Nintendo dads over there. Uh, he says, it's the best at everything that's important, the best gameplay, the best immersion, and Samus does, well, she does the thing. You know the part. Samus does the one thing. <laughs> For the first time, I won't give it away, but it put a chill down my spine. The thing. Because apparently Metroid can't crawl, folks. There, I said it. I said it. It's over. No. My God. But yeah, lots of people in the community really like this game as well. So I'm glad to see that. Sean, now that we've talked about Metroid Dread, what's your number two pick, my friend? It, well, first of all, I made a face that the she controls perfectly. She did that double jump yeah. is not perfect. It's far from no, perfect. No, it's I not. can't let that slide. It's totally fine when no. you learn the timing, Sean. Nope. No. Nope. Nope. Sorry. I, I thank you. Th- look at this. 
I have support. <laughs> have oh man, I love you, this buddy. so yeah. much. Thank yeah. you guys so. Oh. Double jump is it just annoys me. I can't so believe my like, two podcast co-hosts above me have betrayed me. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you guys. Uh, this game did make me go back and find a copy of Metroid Samus oh, Returns nice. on the 3DS when I was in Toronto right, with you guys as well. Um, this was a game that surprised me a lot. This is an honorable mention for me. I'll just jump in since we're chatting about it. Um, but, you know, <laughs> I was going to joke to say my second game of the year was playing <laughs> Nintendo, like the the game of Nintendo, because there's like a there's a meta that happens with Nintendo. And E3 was an interesting time for us, uh, for Kate and I on the Nintendo Drive. We just hated everything that they were saying <laughs> at E3. And then nice. I bought all of it anyway. So it seems like <laughs> I got played. Anyways, I think I was playing a game of some sort. Uh, but that game really, really surprised me. I had a bit, it, it landed, by the way, like the perfect time of the year, at least for me personally. Like I saw an opening. I didn't really have anything going on on Switch at that time, which Nintendo obviously scheduled beautifully. Um, and yeah, very, very surprised. Um, I, I think I'm alongside mm. a lot of people who had like been interested or familiar, somewhat familiar with Metroid in the past, but not like hardcore. Like Ryan's been playing this game for thousands of hours over the last 20 or 30 years. And that's not me. Like, and I just, I just really liked it. So shout out to freaking, freaking Metroid, man. I love My it. My God. Also, fun fact about that E3, Sean, that might've been the most Ryan Turford E3, E3 for Nintendo E3. I have ever seen in my entire life. And I literally bought almost everything from that presentation and loved it. Even Danganronpa, which just came, you know, last week. So there you go. There you go. But <laughs> nice, anyways. Man. Tell me, tell me your number two game. Let's move on. Oh, uh, I've I have gone back and forth on this. You can you can guess what my number one is once I give you my number two. But number two lands at a, a series that has actually become quite special to me. And if I when I look back on my history of gaming, racing games actually have been there for a long, long time, going all the way back to Project Gotham Racing on the original Xbox to the Need for Speed series that I played on my PC with my 3D FX graphics cards back in the day. Forza Horizon 5 is made with so much love and care and attention of the cars and the setting and the music and the gameplay. It all comes together, man. Like this is something that I think has caught a lot of people off guard and that it's it, it on the surface. It looks like just a racing game. And I think for far too long, people have discounted this Forza Horizon series. And I don't think that's happening anymore. Forza Horizon 5 landed in a big way. 12 million people, I think, played it at a certain point. 10 million, I think, was the number that they announced. And it has such a lasting appeal to me. I wanted, I jumped right in. It has all the, like, the, the crazy showcasing. It's almost like anime in a way where it's like, you're going to, you're going to, race against this jumbo jet or whatever the heck and it's got these crazy moments and it lets me collect cars that i never have any chance of owning in real life they feel like they i would imagine that they would feel i've never driven half of these cars or 98 percent of these cars i haven't pl- um i don't know how exactly they sound like but it seems authentic to me and i really just <laughs> love going around and <clears throat> hardly any games get me to get up early and this game does that for me. I will wake up early to just go drive around and do something. I, there's something for me to find. And I think I've almost had maybe like three stints with this game. Right when it first came out and I was kind of making sure that I could get some coverage done. Then a little bit of time after that, right before Halo came out. And now that I've done Halo, uh, I'm back at it. And I've had, I'm doing it three different ways. I'm going after all the barns. I'm doing all the, all the, all the boards all over the place. I'm collecting cars. Like there's just so many ways for me to approach this game. They think it's like unavoidable, especially if you have Game Pass, unless you're Ryan Turford, you have to play this game. You have to download this game and play it. It's it's just gameplay first, man. I And I have so much love in my heart for this game from the moment you started up. The music is gorgeous. Just that that theme song that plays 
and it runs beautifully on my Series X or my Series S and all the other Xboxes that are out there. I think it runs really, really well. So shout out to Playground Games' Forza Horizon 5. Woo, love this game. You know, I'm going to jump on that because it was one of my honorary uh, honorary mentions because I was that person, Sean. For the longest time, yeah. I was like, it's just a racing game. That, yep. that is what it is. It Like for me, racing games growing up as always, you know, driver. It was Need for Speed Underground. It was the yes. weirder ones that, you know, did, did something a little bit differently than just hear our cars on a track, which is nothing wrong with. It's just not for me. But jumping into Forza Horizon 5, I was like, oh, my God, this is what the Fast and Furious game should have been. You know what I mean? It's loud. It's yeah. bombastic. There's so much stuff going on all the time. And even if you're not good at it, you know what I mean? I mean, it's fun learning how to become good at it because I got my butt kicked over and over again at first, but then trying to figure out being like, okay, this is how I should take the corner. The rewind feature being so integral to your experience to being like, okay, this is how I learn. I, yeah, I was shocked because going into this year, I had no hype for it. And then by the time I played it, I was like, okay, I really appreciate what they're doing here. And this is really Mm -hmm. well put together. The difficulty is so modular. Like you can go full on Mm -hmm. driving line where it'll just show you Mm -hmm. where to go. You can just back it off to a brake line where it'll just tell you where to slow down or you can turn it off completely. You can even slow down the the speed at which the game plays at. You can Mm -hmm. go hundred percent You go to 80%. Like you can, so, so everybody at all abilities or uh, motor skills can approach this game. Like I'm not, I didn't even touch the, the accessibility features on this game, Mm -hmm. but they just, they just did everything they possibly could do. And it came very quickly. I would say after four Um, recaptures a lot of the magic that I think Forza Horizon three had. And I love that you had a good time with it, man. Cause I think this game is for almost everybody, unless Mm -hmm. You're Ryan. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Thanks for pointing that out twice, Sean. But, but seriously, though, I, I, again, there's a third one I, coming. I can definitely tell that I it's a game that that is really well put together and, and definitely deserving of the high praise. It's just it didn't really speak to me, but that's OK. That's that's not really the game. Um, fault. You, that's did more, it, you did it for that's me. more a me problem, Sean. Yeah. It's more a me. R- problem. Ryan, I'm. I'm there with you. I'm not a huge racing fan. I wasn't even a huge Forza Horizon fan in general. And I've played here and there. But when I played Forza Horizon 5, I'm like, dang, that is beautiful. Mm-hmm. How can it be that beautiful? I, I like the gameplay's great. The racing's fine. And, and doing all the missions is like, I don't really care much about that. I am racing and everything just looks gorgeous. Yeah, man. And mm-hmm. man, going through Mexico like that, it's like, oh, I, I could I could just play for like 15 minutes a day and be like, yeah, I have my fill. Yeah, that, that's true. That's my scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing so. for me. It was like the five hours I played of it is totally fine for me. Like I, that's enough. For, I kind of got my fill from that. I, d- I love driving around and stuff like that. But, you know, going You're halfway through is just not my thing. Yeah, exactly. So. I think I just beat you in the scoreboard, Ryan. I was like, oh, oh I, I passed Ryan. Awesome. <laughs> I was going to say, it's probably pretty easy to do man, that. Man, that's the other part. It's so community driven, man. Like you yes, see somebody else is. on the leaderboard. You got to go chase them. The drive guitars, like you guys show up in my games. Oh, I love this game. It's so close to my game of the year, you guys. Like it's basically all three of these it's are good. basically tied. Like yeah. if I'm being honest, all three of my games that I'm talking about today, like they're all my game of the year. Or at, very, at the very least, I know that definitely your 1A and your 1B are probably like, you know, pretty dang close together. Yeah, but, man. Uh, I'm going to bring in Court Lalonde at Court Lalonde so and over on Xbox A, who also shares your sentiment, Sean. His favorite game of the year was Forza Horizon 5. Nice. He said, I haven't played a racing game I have liked in years. This game made me like the uh, genre of video games that I didn't think was for me. 
I'm able to share it with my young daughter who also really enjoys racing around. Yeah. So it makes it so much more special to me. And yeah, I'd love to hear that court uh, again. Uh, it's it's really awesome here. I know he's talked about it a lot over on uh, Xbox 8. By the way, go check that channel out. They're awesome. But then I want to bring in some more community members with uh, some other games that we may or may not talk about later. I want to start with a couple folks who want to talk about Death Store. Let's talk, bring in oh. Nicholas Johnson at N underscore Johnson 5513, who says a nostalgic but modern feel of a Zelda dungeon crawler. It had a beautiful art design it's short enough game that was well worth the investment, but it wasn't too overpriced overall an almost perfect game. And wow. as Marcus O'Neill at Marcus O'Neill 79, who was very recently at Sean Capri's house, he says, <laughs> I'm not typically one who plays many triple a games at release, but of the ones I played this year, nothing topped death's door. It was challenging, but unfair, great exploration, combat, the perfect length. And it had a banger of a soundtrack. That's that's right. He used that word bad bit, not me. Can't ask for much more than that. Honorable mentions are a few indies this year. Cyber Shadow, The Artful Escape, and oh. Echo Generation as well. I think everyone Cyber kind of Shadow. forgot Cyber Shadow came out this year because I really dug that game. And uh, I'm going to bring in Heather Boney at Mrs. Boney Fide, who says Dead by Daylight awesome. is her favorite game this year. And she said, I had lots of fun playing Friends with this game this year. So thank you to everyone again in the community. Cool. Now, nice. Garrett, let's go mm -hmm. back to you. Your final game, my friend, what is it? Uh, my final game. So I, I wrapped this game up now pretty recently and I've been going at it in and out for, for a few months. Um, and I didn't know this game was going to be at the top, but it is. Um, and that is Psychonauts 2. Whoa. Um, that is my favorite game of the year so far. And nice. I'm going to stick it there. Um, this game is one of the most well-crafted games I have played in, in a long time as well. From beginning to end, it's very solid 3D platforming. Um, and going through each of the levels, going into the minds of others and how the way they design their levels, each of them are just so creative. It's like, I would have never thought that in my life that you were going to do something like that. There was just so many ways to just personify what's going on in the head and then focusing their enemy design and their level design and their puzzles just all around that mindset. It's incredible. It's, it's a craft that's, um, I, I could never master. Um, I love the, um, the feel good messages in the end of this game as well. It felt like a Pixar movie or, or an animated movie to me. It's like, that is cool. Thank you for giving me a message that I driven home to. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I really enjoy this game guys. Um, and that's why I'm putting it at the top of my list, uh, for this year, uh, Psychonauts 2. So nice. good. What yeah. a story of the, the game what itself and also just double fine. Another huge yeah. surprise for me. This is a, a studio that Xbox acquired uh, maybe a year, a couple of years ago. And I remember thinking, okay, like, they, they've, they've had this, they always have right. this indie charm, they, but they also have that like indie kind of unpolished uh, finish on their games. And you can see what happened with a little bit of that extra Microsoft cash, a little security, security mm -hmm. and time that they had to make this game truly great. I am right with you, man. The fact that this isn't on my top three doesn't take anything away from it. Uh, everything you said is absolutely perfect. I totally agree. Mm -hmm. Very, very special game. People should absolutely play this one as well, man. 
Yeah, I knew from the second that because I, I got a chance to do the preview ba- event before the game came out in July, and I knew the from the very first time I put the, my hands on the controller playing that game, I knew it was going to be something special. And yeah, mm-hmm. um, it turned out to be like a very special game on Xbox this year that really again surprised me in a way I wasn't expecting. Even though I knew from playing the first Psychonauts that to expect this game to be hopefully awesome, but I wasn't expecting just how polished and just how fun it would be to play yeah. the game and it, like, all, all the the platforming felt really tight and, and fun my only complaint of course is kind of some of the boss fights being kind of annoying but okay. everything else I, I loved about it i mean again it's so creative the fact that you know you're going through a dentist brain and then like unzipping like teeth together to like go through like doors <laughs> and stuff like that like what other game really does that? Like there, there's nothing else like it. So yeah. Yeah. Now you're reminding me the dialogue of yeah. this game. Mm-hmm. It's so witty. And so there, there's so many layers behind it too. And that's what really captured me is like every time that they ended with a message, it, it's like every mission was a message to like, how, how does the mind work? What's the psychology mm-hmm. behind it? What is fear? What is happiness? What is loneliness? Yeah. Um, this, even in the story was well blended together and the huge revelation at the end, um, it, it was all just very well made. And Raz um, so. is one of the most lovable characters of the year, man. Yes. Like right at the center of all of this, Raz is just a great character and the design of him and his little goggles and everything. I loved playing as him. He was great, man. I'm right with you, dude. Yeah. I love being a senior intern for the whole game. <laughs> yeah, it's like even the way they kind <laughs> of like do a bit of a reset at the beginning. Like you think you'd be further along. It's like, no, you're coming on in here. No. You're an intern. Yeah. Oh, it's you're so an good. intern. You're going to be with these other kids. <laughs> you're going to work in the awesome. mail room. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Uh, it's such a good game. All right. Well, Matt, what's your number one game, my friend? So my number one game is a game that I played very early on in this year and actually started out as an April Fool's joke um, that quickly became a real thing. Uh, my number one is Yakuza Like a Dragon, Yakuza 7. Nice. I, I have so much love for what that game did, even leading up to release. Them showing off a, you know, a turn-based Yakuza as a as April Fool's joke and then turning around and being like, jokes, it's, it is a real game and it's the new mainline Yakuza game to take a series that's been around for so long and so very much built on its world and on the fighting combat style that it had, a very action-oriented combat, and say, you know what, forget it, mainline, new mainline game, new protagonist, we're switching to turn-based combat. It was brilliantly executed. The way that the levels and the areas feel just as much as part of your combat as the as the characters themselves. Ichiban is has quickly climbed the list of one of my favorite video game protagonists ever. Full stop. Like just the heart that he carries, his ability to look at everything, every situation, try and find the good in it without it ever feeling saccharine or or too much. There's a realness that's kind of grounded in this in this series that there's plenty of ridiculous built, built you know, ridiculousness built around it. But the heart of it just never really goes away. The fact that it looks at characters and it looks at, you know, different people who Society likes to cast aside and say, you know what, these people are worthless. These people are gross. These people are, are, you know, these people are supposed to be people that you're supposed to be afraid of. And instead looks at them kindly, caringly, tells stories that a lot of games wouldn't even dare to touch and looks at them and says, you know what, our core cast is a bunch of, you know, 50 something year olds and that, and, and this is how we're going to rock with them. It's just his ability to just be like, you know what, I'm, I, I love JRPGs and I'm going to turn everything around me into a JRPG and I'm going to envision these characters as these JRPG like thugs and monsters. 
it's just it's so special the way that it brings in longtime fans into the fold in the way that's just like here look there's little things there's little winks and nods that you can catch if you're careful and there's very big winks and nods that just feel awesome the entire way through and how true it is to its to its nature i loved yakuza 7 and from the first time i played it i was like this is going to be my game of the year and i kept waiting for something to dethrone it and plenty came very close but yakuza 7 has stayed at the top of my list just for its heart its sincerity its risk to completely change its entire structure while at the same time staying so true to what that franchise is i loved mm-hmm. yakuza 7 ichiban is one of the best protags out there and i'm just i'm so happy that this game exists and i'm happy that this is the direction that we're heading in Nice. Now, I know that we didn't have anyone write in about Yakuza like a dragon today, but Garrett, we actually just yes. recorded that people have heard by now, but you haven't heard that. We recorded an episode of the RPG Cave about our the best RPGs of the year, and we had like four people write in saying that this is their favorite game they played this year, too. Right. So even though Indicated. I don't have them in front of me, like a lot of people really like this game, too, in the community. So, in fact, on our Discord, we have like a little community of like Yakuza fans are like suddenly starting to come together, I've noticed. So yes. um, I'm glad I'm glad people are giving it a chance. Plus it coming to Game Pass, I think, really helped as well. Um, put a lot a lot of mm-hmm. eyes on this as well. But yeah, as as much as I couldn't get into the overly talking nature of the game, um, mm-hmm. I, I did really love the combat in the game in particular. I, I really love that aspect. And uh and again, if you're just into that like weird Japanese style humor combined with like turn-based RPGs, like this is like the perfect game for you then if you like that stuff. So. I have to shout out one side quest that completely had me rolling. You run across this guy who's dressed in this long white trench coat at some point as he's almost trying to like wrangle a person in and you go to meet him at his lab and he essentially is basically turning people into Pokemon, oh, not no. like literally, yeah. but he has like a whole <laughs> Rolodex of different types of enemies and you have to choose between like a red enemy, a blue enemy and a green enemy as to like which one oh you're going to fight. God. It's so tongue in cheek and it's so hilariously put together. It's just it's so much fun. My God, my God. And, and if nothing else, you know, beyond that, you can also go to the Sega arcades and play a bunch of old games and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. it's all it's also the only game this year I played where you can use a trash can as a weapon. So mm-hmm. there you go. Yes, there you go. Yeah, I, I got uh, this game on launch for Series X and I'm glad I did. It's yeah, I, I very much enjoyed this game. I'm not a huge Yakuza fan at all, but I'm really glad that they put a turn-based combat and everything Yakuza is into the game. Mm-hmm. I had such a blast as well um, going through it last year. Um, and, and as you said, the side quests, the, just do the side quests. Don't even go. I mean, the main storyline is great and all. Of mm-hmm. course, Ryan says it, there's a lot of talking involved in the mm-hmm. main story, but the side quest is where it shines. There's just so many weird wacky quests and i'm like wait what are we doing here it's like oh right this is japan at its most japan moment um is is through these side quests so mm-hmm. definitely if you have game pass guys consider getting into it like it's it's one of the greats and you, know, you don't need to play any previous yakuza no. games like myself you can just go straight into it and i think you'll be really moved and really um excited by it nice nice all right kato we know it's coming. Hit me with your number one game. Are you sure? Do you think I mean, you know? I mean, you never what know. I'm you, could pick, you could pick Zelda again. <laughs> Mario I Golf. I could. Mario, Mario Golf, Golf is super rush. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you know, we're going to go back to my timeline here. I've been playing <laughs> The Sims for a couple months. We still haven't heard anything about Animal Crossing. And then me and Sean are watching <laughs> the Nintendo Direct. They give us a little preview a little museum 
uh, a little tease of the roost. And that was enough. It was enough for me in that moment. A couple weeks go by and I start to worry again because what if we're just getting the roost? I would be devastated. <laughs> that was the only thing coming. And then the actual update announcement, the whole thing comes out and they decided to just add everything that we'd been asking for for Animal Crossing plus a paid DLC, which to me was probably the most mind-boggling thing. So if you haven't guessed yet, Animal Crossing New Horizons, I couldn't not say this. I'm still bitter that it didn't win Game of the Year last year. So it's winning my award for Game of the Year for this year and last year. It deserves it. Nice. Um, we all know what Animal Crossing is. I just feel like it's such a universally loved game. Anyone can play it. There's another person on this call who it's their most Nintendo most played game on Nintendo this year. So obviously more than just me love this game and I just think it's so great. I wouldn't be here talking to y'all if it weren't for Animal Crossing. So I couldn't not I couldn't not have it as my game of the year. It's the best. Animal Crossing. Yeah, and I actually think you could make like a really sound argument for it being the game of the year because I think when you look at the updates that they added to Animal Crossing this year, I feel like it was such a significant upgrade that it was almost in a way like a game in itself, like Pocket Camp in particular. Yes. Not Pocket Camp, the uh, DLC itself is kind of like its own game. It is, Like Happy yeah. Host Designer. Mm -hmm. So like at that point, it's you could, you could make like a really good argument that Animal Crossing is like, was almost like re-released this year in a lot of ways so ryan yeah. planting the seeds for expansion packs being eligible for game of the year i get what you're doing here ryan <laughs> i don't like I see what you're doing i don't like the fact that you're pointing holes in my plot Sean. look look the thing here is and and kato kind of alluded to this like the thing that's special about animal crossing is community um the community is just like nothing else on on the internet on the in the video games community it has brought people together in a really really special way and the fact that we're all together here is um a, it's, it's wonderful, but it's also sort of a result of of our good friend Bobby Paul's passing away, who adored this game. And, you know, it's one regret that I have is that I didn't enjoy it alongside him. Um, but it allowed him to go meet so many new video game people and content creators. And that's how I ended up finding. He pointed me in the direction of, of Kato. He's like, you got to check out these videos. And I wasn't huge into the game, but I loved Kato's YouTube channel. It just became totally obsessed with that. Animal Crossing is really special, man. Like it looks on the surface like it's just, you know, you decorate an island, you go dig stuff stuff up out of the <laughs> ground. It, it seems silly and it's Nintendo, but there's so much heart in this game. And yeah, it is my number one most played game because it wasn't until 2021 that I really dove into it. I ran credits on it, by the way. Wow. But yeah. which whatever the hell that even means in, <laughs> yeah. in Animal Crossing. It's like it's like the tutorial, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So you can get you, to the end game. It takes us you like a day to, to do that game. now, you know. Yeah, but, yeah. Time. Very, very I special game. I think Animal Crossing is so unique in its abilities. Like, I haven't played it probably since last year, but I still think about it. Every few days I'll be like, you know what? I'm going to jump back in and I'm going to do something. And then the anxiety sets in of all my animals look at me and be like, where have you been? And then I start <laughs> feeling very guilty about it. Uh, but, like, it's one of those things that the time that I spent with it is so like, it's so massive. And like, I got the expansion pass because I was like, 
oh, I, I want to pay for this expansion pass for Animal Crossing mm-hmm. to be able. So it's there if I want it, because it's a game that I think you can jump back into at any time. It's so special and it's so unique, but it is also like it's just always in the back of my mind in a way that very, very few games are. That's just kind of like I want to go back to it and I will and I want to. But it's just it's, it's really cool. It's really, really cool. You don't know if you can go, you know, stand seeing your upset animal friends' faces. That's all. That's <laughs> the one thing that's holding you back. They're, Literally. You don't want that disappointment in your life, Matt. But I don't. I can't handle well, more disappointment. Well, Kato's not alone in thinking that Animal Crossing New Horizons <laughs> is the best I didn't game think I would be. No, we got we got uh, Rochelle at Rochelle Horizons on Instagram. She says Animal Crossing New Horizons is my first. It, 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 sorry. Animal Crossing New Horizons is the first Animal Crossing game and has been my most favorite game I've ever played. It's cozy and fun, and it consumes all of my free time, and my YouTube feed is full of awesome Animal Crossing New Horizons content, including Kato, of course, smiley face. So there you go. <laughs> and go. yeah, it's been awesome seeing kind of a lot of people in our community, because if you go to our community section on our Discord, you just see like people posting Animal Crossing stuff <laughs> all the time, and, and you love to see it for sure. All right. Sean was on to my plan. He already knows what my number one game is, but I have to say it because this is a game that I was actually expecting to maybe place third or maybe just off in the honorable mention section. But it's a game I've been looking forward to for a very, very long time that came out this year. The ending to a 10 year long story. Final Fantasy 14 Endwalker is my favorite game that came out this year. Now, you might be thinking, Ryan, Final Fantasy XIV Endwalker is an expansion pack, as Sean alluded yeah. to. It's not really a full game, but it's when not. a campaign takes you 60 hours to get through, I would argue that it is probably a full game at that point. Just saying. Maybe. Just sounds saying. Like, it sounds like you started this pretty defensive. Nobody was nobody was saying any of that. <laughs> You're uh, fine to pick this. You follow your heart, that, Ryan. Follow your heart. That's true. That's true. Well, I mean, to be fair, I by the rules, I could just say Final Living. Fantasy XIV. <laughs> it was also to, to kind of you know relate to, to Kato in a way it was the only game that i spent 900 hours playing this year in a, in one year because i could not put this game down it was a game that only got better over the course of the year from the all the monthly updates with the, the different content patches to all the additions they made to the story before endwalker came out kind of teeing up the events of the expansion itself and then of course the expansion and Walker itself, which just it felt like playing Endgame, like uh, the, the the movie Endgame, because uh, it just felt like the culmination of just all of the, the content, all of the time that I'd spent playing Final Fantasy 14 coming together in this grand conclusion to this long story that really started back in 2013 with A Realm Reborn. I, I couldn't believe just how wonderfully they put it together. And, and you would I always like get cautiously optimistic when you kind of reach the end of a trilogy or you kind of reach the end of like this big epic saga, because you always kind of in the back of your mind are wondering, are they going to be able to pull it off? Like uh, return of the Jedi is kind of the example I always point to where, even though I think return of the Jedi is a good movie, I, I think that it, it, it's not as strong as a movie like empire is. Whereas Endwalker is not only, I think as strong as all of the expansion packs or even just the base game that came before it, but I think it exceeds it in, so many different ways when it comes to the storytelling, the characters, the way you interact with the game um, it is fundamentally changed in, in new and interesting ways this time around. And of course, the combat design with all the different bosses, dungeons, trials, uh, end game content as well. Like 
everything about and Walker impressed me from the minute I started playing it when after waiting, you know, 4,000 players deep in queue to finally get a chance to play it. It's, it's no wonder that, um, you know, so many people have finally jumped into final fantasy 14. It's just, when I look at this game, I, my only wish is that I wish it, they could have redesigned the game. So it wasn't an MMO. So then more people would be able to enjoy it because it, it's got one of the best stories I've played in any video game. And, I wish that more and more people, it was more accessible to more people. Yes. It, it has a pretty low player count. That's the one thing about this game <laughs> is that nobody's playing Very it. Small. Yeah. Oh, no, but I mean, I mean like even people, because I know a lot of people that don't like playing RPGs with other players or just want to enjoy them on their own. And for, for the most part you can with this game, but you can't do everything on your own in this game. And I wish yeah. that the Square Enix would take the approach they're doing with Dragon Quest 10, which is the Dragon Quest MMO. Cause they're doing, they're releasing a offline version of the game next year that can be completely played single player. So you don't have to play with other players if you don't want to. And I would love for, for Square Enix to do something like this with, with Final Fantasy 14 and preserve it in that way. Um, because it's a game that I think any Final Fantasy fan or any fan of RPGs owes it to themselves to play at some point, because I think it's incredible. So Endwalker, definitely my favorite game of the year. I, again, I wasn't expecting it to blow me away in the way that it did. And uh, I was a blubbering mess by the end of it. And uh, I'm very excited to eventually have a spoiler cast in the new year on the RPG game, because we'll be definitely doing that with a few special guests. So nice look out for that next year. But uh, Ooh, it had cool. to be said. All right. Now that since no one else wrote in about Final Fantasy, I was going to say Sean, nobody no. really. I was the only I mean, to be fair, you know, Andrew Watson didn't submit any things, Sean. I'm sure it would <laughs> we can assume we can, we can assume. assume. But Sean, Hit us up with what is your favorite game of the year, my friend. I feel like we should guess. We should have guessed each other's. I think we might have missed an opportunity, like to guess what whatever what everybody else was going to say. But I mean, I'm sure people can can surmise at this point that Halo Infinite is my favorite game that I played this year. Um, and this is on a year that was truly special. I think we go over this almost every December. We go like, was it a banger year or not? Like there's, look at the, look at the variety in the five of us. We're not duplicating our number one game of the year, completely different, like types of games and genres. Like that's a huge, I think, credit to the, to the games that we got to play this year. What a special year. Halo is so important to video games. It's so important to Xbox. It's important to this community. In particular, we played Halo Sat uh, we played Halo on Saturdays almost every single weekend um, in all of 2021. So how can I ignore when 343 comes out with a game that everybody's got their eyes on and they're waiting for this thing to probably fail? And there's a lot of ways they could have screwed this up. And we got to play the multiplayer. First, we got to play that and, and, and got to see in the in the alpha trials or the, the test that we did over the summer, like, oh, there's something here. Then we got the beta on the 15th when probably the whole game should have come out. And we went, oh, snap, like, <laughs> this is actually really good. And let's all play together. And we find ourselves playing with 24 people or 20, however many people. We had 30 people, like, with we had 30 people, people off to people the side waiting yeah. <laughs> to have their turn to play with us in these custom matches. The multiplayer alone even in its very early and nascent stages um, at this point, very, very special. And then we get to play the campaign. And the Halo campaigns, at least in my estimation, have been a pretty mixed bag, kind of all over the place. And they, I, some hold up better than others. Um, and I'm actually a fan of the 343 games. I loved Halo 4. I actually liked Halo 5 a lot. Um, but this one is 
wide open in its world design, but straightforward in its story. And I feel like that combination just landed so well for me to like, it didn't really get in its way. The gameplay uh, spoke for itself. The design of the world was great. The game ran beautifully and music and all, all the, all the halo elements really came together to a point where I'm going to play this game over again by myself. And then when the co-op happens, I'm going to play that again with a friend and probably do that over and over and over again. So my top two games, really, Halo Infinite and Forza Horizon 5, will have a lasting impact for me. And I think that's really what like edged them towards the top, is that they landed in a way that I wanted to play them, and I can't stop thinking about them, I can't stop playing them. Like That obsession kind of happens, and that's really where things really grab hold for me. But I'm going to be playing these games well into 2022, or at least that's my plan. I mean, February is right around the corner, and there's pretty much everything. There's a meteor coming right at us in February. But Halo Fair Infinite, enough. man, I, I walk away from it just thinking about Chief, really, and I think about his new AI. Weapon is so special. She's so quirky. Excellently written, excellently performed. All the game elements, when you think about like a game of the year, to me, like performance, game style, like gameplay, game design, level design, it all, game direction, this is the one that just edged out the other two of my my top three. So Halo Infinite is my is my game of the year, and I think it might be that for a few other people, Ryan. Yeah, I would assume so, but none of them wrote, actually wrote into what my Halo the heck? you guys? So, yeah, no one else. Believe, believe it or not, we obviously know from our community, from interacting with people, that Halo Infinite was, you know, a game we talked about a lot, but it's, nope, no one on their forum nope, was, all me. wanted to, to, to step up to the plate. But I, I will say, though, like, Halo Infinite made it very close to, to my top three, uh, to all the points you mentioned, like the campaign was incredible for yeah, Halo Infinite. I, I loved it so much. And then the multiplayer, I feel like I, I'm, I have fun playing it, but I know that, you know, in a year or two, it's just going to be so much of a better experience that um, it, it's hard to look at it now as to being kind of a perfect thing when I know that it's not. Especially you, know what though, you know what I'll say about that, though, Ryan? I'll jump on that to say, like, it's almost course. like what Nintendo would do. Yeah, the multiplayer that they did for Halo is kind of like when like they know there's other things that they could add, but this is all you're going to get and you're going to like it. And guess it's what? I do a lot. It's, it's literally the Mario Golf Super Rush. Of no, Microsoft it's not. That's not what I'm of course saying. It is. That's not what I'm saying. It's more like Star Fox 64. Is. You get two levels and one of those levels is good. That's it. in multiplayer. <laughs> Oh my God. But I, 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 I'm so glad you picked Halo Infinite. I'm a new that at least one of us had to, had to say it. And, uh, yeah, I, I loved my time with it as well. So yeah, I, I, yeah. In another year, it would have been, probably been like probably in my top two, but just this year in particular was just so special to me. But anyways, we should probably get through some of these community ones and then we'll go to honorable mentions. So I want to start off. Let's go down here to, uh, Sean's number one Stan. They didn't say a name. They just said that. Who's that? Is. And, and, they, and it's we me. were. Oh, it is. It's me. Even, it's my alt account. So, Sean, you said uh, under plugs. Shout out to the entire Yumi and Capri family. All of you made some amazing content this year. That was you. That was me. Yeah. Of course. Uh, so, thanks. cheers, guys. Thanks, so Sean. apparently, Sean's favorite game of this year was Eastward. And Sean apparently yeah. said you loved everything about the game, the art, the music and the gameplay. And if you squint a little, it's almost like a Zelda game we didn't get this year. That might well, be speaking, Rebecca. My guess is that's Rebecca. I feel like she was just playing that. Maybe. I'll maybe, take Rebecca. Yeah, sure. We'll, we'll <laughs> say that. Speaking of Zelda, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild was Jenny's favorite game this year. Jenny at uh, at Jenny underscore Jen 81 who said, as excited as I am for the next Zelda game, I keep going back to Breath of the Wild. 
I played through it so many times and it doesn't get old. The graphics, details, storylines, things to do, it's just so much fun. Plus, I have a soft spot for all things Zelda. And then next up, we got Buck at Bucklepuff on Twitter, who says Bravely Default is their favorite game of the year. <laughs> you uh, just broke Matt. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? I'm just reading Buckle what's on Puff. Bucklepuff <laughs> is incredible. Oh my God, it's, that's it's so good. It's almost as good as Matterford. Almost. Uh, anyways, <gasps> Buck, go, continuing about Bravely Default 2, says, it's a classic old-school GRPG from the old Final Fantasy games, but with all of the quality of life improvements you'd want in a modern game and others that you don't even know you wanted. The music, the voice acting were both amazing, with all of the main characters really likable in a story that had just enough twists to keep you interested for the whole 60 to 70 hours. That's That's a lot of hours. Also, I feel like I had also I feel like I never had to grind throughout all of the battle mechanics as they favored intelligent strategy over OP leveled characters. I think a lot of people must have slept on this game this year, which I think is why it only it got overlooked for RPG of the year at the Game Awards. I know it just came out at a weird time in February. Which is, I think mm-hmm. a lot of people kind of missed out on that one. So there's a couple on here, but I know we're going to probably talk about them in honorable mentions. So. Garrett, let's go back to you. What are some of your honorable mentions this year? So I have five honorable mentions. We've we've discussed some previously, so I'll just fly through those. But I, I do have some some thoughts on others. Uh, Metroid Dread was very close on my top mm-hmm. three as well. I'm not a Metroid fan, but I really enjoyed this game. Very well crafted, very well made. I'm glad I went through it um, and finished it all the way to the end. Um, Eastward is in my honorable mentions as well. I think this game got snubbed at the Game Awards, at least for the category of indie debut. Um, I'm very surprised this game did not at least get nominated. And as you can tell, it's like maybe not a lot of people in the panel did not play this game. Guys, this game is very, very good. Um, I've played maybe like 12 to 15 hours. It's a long game. Um, And as, as the commenter said um it's kind of like a zelda game but it's just more narrative driven um it's really great with the dialogue and the pixel art is just amazing so keep keep your eye out on eastward for sure um city skylines i don't know if you guys heard of this game yeah man i really enjoy so the reason why I, i put this game in here i was actually playing this game because um it was prep for a job interview um because they they make you go through a series of like mind games or whatever and city skylines was one of those like recommendations of practicing this the, this game is like civil engineer dream job where you're just making buildings and sewers and electricity and just designing your own city um very well made very meditative to play hmm. uh on my laptop for and great I, I long play sessions like i would play three hours i'm like Wait, what's happening? Like, um, a very solid game. Uh, Chrono Trigger. I've mentioned a lot about Chrono Trigger. Um, I refer to the the RPG cave for that. I was going to say, we did a whole episode about Chrono Trigger this year. Yeah. Yeah. We've mentioned enough about Chrono Trigger. It's great. Go play it. It's my retro game of the year. What was the game at the Indie Uh, World thing this morning? Did it? Did that not oh, look sea like of Chrono- stars? Is that was there a connection sea there? Am stars. I just dumb? Oh, so that's actually no, made no, by you're the, not the just company dumb. that made the Messenger, and they're trying to make a Chrono Trigger like game, and that's oh, cool. that's but awesome. It looks man. beautiful. Yeah, it looks yeah. so good. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. And then my last game, honorable mention, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Nice. I really had fun with that one. Yeah, 
I know a lot of people are just like kind of bittersweet at the end and like maybe not like it as much, but it's like I really enjoyed of what yeah. I played of that game. It was really fun. Yeah. It's it on my to do list for twenty twenty two. Yeah. But now that you're getting that PS5, it's coming on in, guys. Mm-hmm. There you go, buddy. <laughs> Somehow <laughs> you're gonna get half fitted in your house, Chuck. I'm renovating my house. I have got a I've got an excavator <laughs> parked outside. Yeah. You're taking the door oh. out for the delivery? <laughs> exactly. The real you're question bring in a fridge you- while I'm at it. Sean, are you going to get any of the, the, the face plates for your, your PS5? To, Dude, to everybody's asked me this. It's like, this thing costs enough on its own, okay? Those face pl- <laughs> those, those pieces of plastic cost like $100, man. Like, give me a break. GameStop is forcing me to buy two controllers with this stupid thing. So, one you thing at a time. I'll take the. There's a story there, so I'll, I'll right? talk about oh, that another time. I saw the same thing. I know. <laughs> they, okay, well, I guess I'll have to explain myself now. I've got three people with their faces in their palms just disappointed with me. I know. I only no, know the I story, know. which is why I'm not face palming. They called me personally, and they've totally fixed the situation. But this will probably be the last time I'm going to games. So. Okay. <laughs> Wait, so they let you trade in or whatever you were going to do? They let me trade in an additional $25. Because actually, you tweeted? On top of it. Because I, I actually emailed. Like okay. I, I, okay. I I did I did the nice. customer service thing. So we played phone tag for a little bit, but shout out to Valerie, regional manager of Just Alberta GameStop, out. I guess. And she took care of it, man. So and probably three people get fired. So we'll yeah. see how that goes. <laughs> oh my god. Just what kidding. You I don't think they shot? will. They'll get training. They'll get training. They're not gonna get fired. They're gonna get training. At their new jobs after they get fired from GameStop. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! So bad. Sorry, well, I got my PlayStation though. <laughs> so faceplates, got it. Well, Matt, since you killed it just there, what are your what are your honorable mentions, my friend? So I have a bunch. I'm gonna fly through the ones that are obvious and not really explain too much. But there's a couple indies that I really want to shout out. Uh, right outside of my top three was Tales of Arise. We have plenty of hours of commute content to talk about that. Um, the next few down on my list are uh, Lost Words and Before Your Eyes, which are Ooh. two absolutely incredible indie games that I played this year that both made me cry far more than I ever should have. Uh, Lost Words is essentially about a uh, a young girl who's dealing with a uh, with a situation involving her grandmother. And it basically takes place into it, like one of which is in a book and you're kind of jumping on the words as she's narrating what's going on. And then you go into this fantasy world. It is beautifully put together and just absolutely fantastic. Just recently came to Game Pass. So no excuse not to hop on it. Mm-hmm. And Before Your Eyes is one of the most creative games I've ever played because the entire game experience, you can play it normally with clicking, but the camera actually tracks your eyes. And there are moments that when you blink, time skips, regardless of what's going on in the scene. When you blink, time moves on. And it's very much like a, it's life is short and things happen. And, you know, you, you, the, wow. the fact that your eyes are just like such a and let me tell you, trying not to blink when there are tears streaming down your face just because you don't want the scene to end is just it had such a profound effect on me. Uh, and it's just it's brilliant. Uh, Dreamscaper is another fantastic roguelike that should be up there in the like, you know, in the same mentions as Hades because it is beautifully put together. It has almost like a like a art, like a paintbrush style effect over its art. And it's again, deals with mental health. And if a game deals with mental health in a positive way that, you know, really showcases the struggles while also talking about it in an emotionally mature way, Dreamscaper is just fantastic. It's so much fun. Plus um, the abilities that you get in the kind of dream world as your roguelike runs is stuff like Superman's eye beams and like cloud swords because the main character is like a massive comic fan. So you get a bunch of really cool abilities that look like that. Um, Lost Judgment and Ratchet and Clank are no brainers for me just because of how much I love both of those series. Persona 5 Strikers made me a fan of Musou. Mm-hmm. specifically just yes. that Musou. Um, but <laughs> I, I don't like Musos. I, I have a hard time getting into them, but I played through all of that and had a blast. Uh, Chicory, we've already mentioned. 
Behind the Frame, again, is a very short but beautiful, beautiful experience. It looks like um, a Ghibli movie come to life in its very, very unique art style. It's beautiful. Um, Returnal is just way too much fun. And the, this last one for me is a giant shock because Death Stranding Director's Cut, this is the year that I became a believer in Death Stranding after playing it for a bunch and putting it down when it initially came out. For whatever reason this year, it grabbed me, it pulled me in and didn't let go. So that's that's my quick list. You never knew wow. until this year, Matt, that you wanted your dream was to deliver packages in a video game. I just wanted to hang out with and the baby and walk yourself. around a desolate world. Whatever. It's all good. You're just like, man, I wish this was a FedEx simulator instead. <laughs> where so so that futuristic music. It, it yeah, didn't make awesome. my top three because it took all the monster stuff out of the game. Otherwise, it would have been at number one. But uh, we, we're not going to get into that. Nice. Nice. Well, speaking of Eternal, because he did mention it, I want to bring in Matt Grover at Marvel Guy Matt on Twitter, who says Returnal is his favorite game of the year. He says every single part of Returnal makes it an amazing game experience, whether it's the visuals, audio design, story, combat, haptic feed, etc. Everything in this game makes me excited for the future of gaming. If you haven't had a chance to play this game, Sean, I couldn't recommend it more. So that that's mm-hmm. pretty high praise there. I know. No, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that's a game to get with your PS5 is what I'm mm-hmm. saying. Yeah, I was going to say, like, were they personally attacking me or was that an editorial? <laughs> kind no, of that, thing was that, that was me. That was me editorializing that response. You, yeah. Okay, okay. No, it's, yeah. not me, it's not an attack. It's like subtle Jesus, recommendations. Like, it's like you within better my play it or else. Your face just <laughs> yeah. dropped in a way I've never seen it fall so fast. You're <laughs> what like, did I do? What did I do? Who knows? You could have. It could have been anything, Sean. You could have done something. Well, as for me, Honorable mentions again, as I mentioned earlier in the show, could have been like 20 or 30 games this year because of how many amazing games I played this year. But I limited myself to five and we've talked about some of them already. So again, I'll kind of zoom through these, but some of them we haven't mentioned yet. Halo Infinite, Sean talked enough about it. I've talked about it on almost every episode of the Xbox Drive since it came out. So I don't need to talk anymore about it. Why I love it. It's great. Go play. Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Yes, let's go. I have to put nice. it on my honorable mentions. Mass Effect is amazing. We just did a whole episode of Mass Effect on the RPG cave pretty yeah, recently thanks. where I talked to death. Without Sean Capri. Yeah, Sean thanks Capri. for inviting me on that one. My favorite damn franchise on the planet. <laughs> Whatever. It's fine. We'll get you on for the Dragon Age episode. It'll all work out. Don't worry. I appreciate that. Yes. Yeah. But Mass Good Effect save. Legendary Edition, amazing, amazing. Especially with the way they, they made Mass Effect 1 just so much more playable now today. It, it kind of bumped that game up from being my second favorite to being my favorite in the series. So shout out to that game. Guilty Gear Strive, which is a fighting game that, again, I'm the only one, I think, on this panel that really plays fighting games. But Guilty yep. Gear Strive actually really wowed me. I did a review for it on the PlayStation Drive when it came out um, and was just a, a visual powerhouse on that console. It looked really pretty and played like a dream. I love the, the Arc System Works fighting games. And that one in particular really won me over in in, in a really great way. Resident Evil Village. I mean, one of my favorite all-time series is Resident Evil, so I would be remiss if I didn't put Resident Evil Village on here. I think it was a really great experience. I loved the inclusion of, of werewolves and witches and stuff like that, and the the whole motif being completely different from the other Resident Evil games. I, I really love the direction they went in with that game, and it was a ton of fun. And then Life is Strange True Colors was a game in a series mm-hmm. that I've loved since 2015. I mean, back in 2015, my favorite game that year was Life is Strange, and I always loved the stories in those games and, and true colors was expertly written and acted uh, Erica Mori in particular, who plays uh, the main character, Alex Chen. She did an, a phenomenal job in that role. And I, I love that game. And, and especially with it tackling really, really tough themes and, and the way that it approaches them in, in such a subtle and respective manner. I love 
how how it, how the game approached it. So I'm going to bring in a member of the community, Foolish Fuji, uh, aka Foolish underscore Fuji on Twitter, as well as on Instagram and on Twitch at Foolish Fuji, all one word. She says Life is Strange True Colors is her favorite game. There were a few games I really enjoyed playing this year. My honorable, honorable mention goes to Unravel. The story and puzzles in this game were really good. But my absolute favorite has to go to Life is Strange True Colors. I played it twice and loved the story both times. The visuals in this game were stunning and I can't get enough of it. Well done by the team at Square Enix for such an awesome game. Can't agree with you more, Fulia. I, I really love that game as well. And then speaking of Resident Evil as well, I'm going to bring in Andrew Semichek at a Semichek who says Resident Evil Village was his favorite game of the year. He says, this game has stuck with me since it came out earlier this year. It was a near perfect balance of horror action and expanding the lore that goes back to the original Resident Evil in ways that I didn't think possible with the eighth entry in the series. Add to it the very roller coaster like experiences in certain areas and an ending that left me emotionally gutted and it created my favorite Resident Evil title and my game of the year. So there you go. More awesome stuff from the community. Sean, you have the floor, my friend. What are your honorable mentions? What a Close year, man. Out. What a hard thing this is to do, mm-hmm. honestly. I, I just mm-hmm. want to say, like, I think I approach gaming, I think, in the best way possible this year. I've really struggled with this in years past, but I don't know what kind of happened this year, but I was able to finish games first and foremost, so I feel real good about that. Um, played a whole bunch of stuff. I also rekindled my, um, my relationship with Nintendo in a big way. Uh, in years past, I think... I had been like, and I think I should still be critical and people should still like look at Nintendo and go like, like, what are you guys doing over there? But I didn't let it ruin my fun with Nintendo this year. And I think in years past, I think it had done that. So when I look back on all the games that I played this year, like there's a huge variety from all, well, Xbox and, and, and Nintendo, the, the consoles that I really, um, podcast about, but yeah, my, my honorable mentions kind of just stretch all different genres from really both of those consoles, uh, over this year. And I, and I love playing games this year, you guys. I really had a great time. And Mass Effect Legendary Edition is one of the games on my honorable mention list. Like it made Mass Effect cool again. It reminded people that like this game is excellent. These games are excellent, like absolutely top tier. Some of the best RPGs that you can play. The stories and the stakes are incredible. I cannot wait to talk about Dragon Age with you guys because in my mind, nobody does like end of everything quite like Bioware does. Like the stakes are just unimaginable. So love me some Mass Effect. Glad that it got renewed as in in gamers mindsets. Andromeda has been a very bitter pill to swallow. The end of Mass Effect 3 was before that. And so we got reminded that the first Mass Effect game is really special as a story and the way the games all interact together. People got to see that either again or maybe for the first time. Your saves carry over. A truly remarkable game. So shout out to Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Probably would have been in my top three if it wasn't like a remaster. Mm-hmm. Um, the other remaster that came and really surprised, well, this one surprised me was Skyward Sword HD. I was not stoked that this was the Zelda game that they were going to be giving <laughs> us this year. And I was pretty loud about it, but I bought it anyways. And my goodness gracious, I, I loved playing Skyward Sword. Um, totally reversed my, my opinion on this game. And that's, I, I think it was Matt was talking about, um, Death Stranding as well at time and place, man. Sometimes it can, you can lock in on your opinion on a game and then be totally turned around. And that was the story of me basically this whole year, whether it was an announcement or an opinion of a game that I had, like I really enjoyed exploring going from one place to another. 
Um, I was introduced to the world of Pokemon this year in a big way with Pokemon Go that led me to buy Pokemon Brilliant Diamond. And I've been loving playing all of the Pokemon stuff with my kids or even just with me. Like it's not even that it has to be with my young children. It's like genuinely fun. And I finally have caught on to the magic that is Pokemon. And I, I feel like I've I finally like joined the group. I'm like, wait for me, guys. I'm coming. I want <laughs> you look like you're having a lot of fun over there. So like I want to join in. And that's been a total blast. Uh as Garrett said, I'm about halfway through, which means I'm that the second gym in this game. So yes. still going on with that one. Um Knockout City is a game that I think came out this year that people Good forgot. Call. I kind of just day. forgot that Good it actually call. came out this year in this moment. Great game again. I looked at that and went, it looks like Fortnite doesn't look very inspired at all, but it is absolutely a riot. You should play it with your friends. Um, EA Play on, on Game Pass as well. Uh, people should play it over there. Really, really good. Tetris Effect Connected came out on Switch this year, came out on pretty much everywhere else over the last couple of years at this point. Very, very special. Uh, I echo all the sentiments about Psychonauts 2. Metroid Dread is also on my list. And Monster Hunter Stories as well. Very, very cool yeah. game. Wish it ran a little better, but I wanted to mention that, that I really, yeah. I really appreciated that game this year. Oh, come on. You mean 10 frames per second is not enough frames for you, Sean? Marginally it's better it's than Golden It's enough for Rebecca. Yeah. It's enough. It's, it's enough for Rebecca. So it's <laughs> enough for you. No, very cool like game. It. Yeah. I, re- I And I love, like, I love naming uh, whenever I can in these JRPGs. I love these little, like, cute little characters that I can name my mm-hmm. kids. Like I've got Lincoln playing over in in um, Monster Hunter Stories, and I've got Ellie wandering around in in Pokemon this year. It's a very it's a very Aww. cool thing to do. Adorable, yeah, it's nice. the best. Aww. Yeah, nice, nice. I well, had a great year of games, man. That was so fun. I was gonna say you had lots to choose from, but again, very very different lists to choose from with our mm-hmm. auto budgets as well. Well, before we close things out. I have two more from the community I want to get to. And one of them, there's one I'm specifically saving for the end of the show because I love it. Uh, this one, first one comes to us from Skinny Matt at Skinny Matt K on Twitter, who says it takes two is his favorite game. Oh, of the wow. Year. He <sighs> says the cleverness of the writing of the characters bickering like an old married couple is fantastic. For example, the dialogue of them arguing about how the husband about never how he's never fixing the vacuum. Then you have to go have a fight about it. I'm not all about and boss fights are enjoyable and I have done it in collaboration with another player. It's one of the few games that I've been able to get into with Lindsay, my wife to play. And we had a blast playing it. Yeah. It takes two. I know Matt and I both played it, but we just couldn't really get into the story, but I know a lot of people really like that game. I should have put that on on my honorable mentions. I honestly forgot about it because the gameplay is sublime. It's so creative. It's so much fun. But yeah, the story just just made me upset many times over. But yeah, I played it with my wife and it was a fantastic time. It's a wonderful, wonderful co-op game. Family game of the year? That's uh, an inspired Uh, choice. It's not. (laughs) I was going to say, it seems questionable with the subject subject material. And then last entry from the community this year comes to us from Farmer Ribo. At RiboFlavins yes. on, on Twitter and yes. RiboFlavins on YouTube. His favorite game of the year was Farming Simulator 22. Oh he says, yes, seriously, with a smiley face. Seasons add a new wrinkle, some QQL improvements, and it being a, a super relaxing game. For me, even though I'm downright bad at it, I'm hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. I don't know why my horses are 0% healthy <laughs> and the sheep still refuse to make wool. Oh or why God. I chose it for my list. Ultimately, someone has to be the heartbeat of Canada after all. Who better than Ribble? 
That's so there right. you go. I, That's I, thought right. a, I thought that was a perfect way to kind of close out our community sections. And can you believe it? that was 22 games from the community? Uh, and wow. I would also say looking at our community, the community census, the community game of the year from the Yumi Capri that we officially award will go to Metroid Dread. Yeah. The game that got the moat entries mm-hmm. with three, the runners up would be of course, <laughs> Marvel's guardians of the galaxy and death's door were kind of the runners up Very from cool. our community this year. Nice. I think our community made some good picks, but overall, I really liked our list this year. Again, we didn't yeah. really have a lot of close crossover for the most part. So I was, I was like planning in the back of my mind is like, do we approach the idea of like crowning a Yumi and Capri game of the year? Because I figured maybe some of our picks would be more similar, but they're also different for each other. Like there's no, where way. would we even start with that conversation? Like, we need a JPEG. We need at the very least, we need a nicely designed list of games on a, in JPEG format or, or PNG. We got I'll five take, games of the year, mm-hmm, five right. games of the year. There you go. Yeah. Well, I haven't told Sean about this, but that uh, that actually is coming in a couple days. There you go. Yeah. I, I actually have them in the hopper right now. But uh, yeah, that's definitely, uh, we're going to be putting them out there and we're going to be telling the publishers, of course, what our favorite games It'll are. It'll be Farming so. Simulator in the biggest font in all of our <laughs> yeah. picks. Like, in the like small like font. We need to find like a really good picture of Rybo, yeah. Sean, to go can, on his little infographic. Mm-hmm. Can you also put like a picture of like a sad horse and a sad sheep? Because <laughs> there's, there's situations that we don't understand what's going poor on. Animals. Those poor animals. horse and those sheep. I know. The horse is talking about doctor. health. Goodness. <laughs> he did he did describe a quite the dreadful like, dreadful uh, I'm saying, experience going on over there. But, he needs to uh, get horse doctor simulator. It's an expansion pack. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad that's a simulator. Right. So of course the Yumi Capri game of the year is Chrono Trigger. We've agreed to it. It's official. It's a, it's officially of course, happening. Yes. Chrono just Trigger, our favorite game of the year. We just have a default every year, yeah. <laughs> Chrono Trigger. Since yeah. 1996 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I want to say again, huge thank you to everyone in the community for participating this year, for for telling us throughout the, the years kind of uh, what their favorite games are, but also kind of letting us in in the Discord to what your gaming journeys are like. And I, I, I've loved playing games with, with everyone along with the community, whether we're playing games together like Halo Saturdays or, you know, playing all the games at the same time and then talking about it. I, I love that aspect of this community. And I just wanted to say thank you for, to everyone being for being so nice throughout the course of the year and for being awesome. And also, I just say thank you to my all my gracious co-hosts here, Garrett Bland, Matt Sawinski, Console Cato, and Sean Capri. Like, this has been a, an amazing experience. I'm so glad we got a chance to do this show together you guys because this You're is welcome. a lot of fun i hope you guys had fun too it's been so fun i i hope yeah. we Super get fun. to do this again before next year's game of the year <laughs> right. we're gonna do it Maybe. every month from now on you guys we're gonna do a okay. game of the month wow. mm-hmm. well we nice. do have a podcast the Yumi you Pre podcast shod you never know you can just you put up know. a picture of animal crossing instead of me <laughs> <laughs> there you go it's gonna go on kato's card for, for her yeah. favorite game of the year it's gonna be on there but anyways <laughs> before we go garrett plugs go yes uh, you can follow me on Twitter <laughs> at Blind Explosion. What? What, was that? what did you do? <laughs> this is so good. What did I do? I don't know what you just did, but I do it so fast. No. <laughs> Sorry, go like, ahead. I'm ready no, to go. No, All right, geez. Continue, please. All right, you can follow me on Twitter at Blind Explosion. Uh, and you can also find me uh, in the Nintendo Shack where I'm co-host in that podcast with Rebecca and Elaine, uh, part of the Play Some Video Games podcast network. You can support them at patreon.com slash PSVG. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And uh, Matt, where can people find you? You can find me over at youtube.com slash burnout brighter or on Twitter at twitter.com slash burnout underscore Matt or any of your podcast services around the globe i you stole my quick, thing before very quickly before we go um ryan i had your voice playing 
in the entire intro of you saying the PlayStation Drive stuff, and it just wasn't matching with what you were actually saying. It very much confused me. But yeah, you can find me over there. My God. My God, Pat. All right, Kato, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter at Console Kato. And uh, Sean, where can people find you on the internet? On the Twitter and the Twitch, Sean Capri. Of course, it's Sean like Connery, Capri like the pants. And as for me, you can find me on Twitter at Ryan Turford. You can find us on Twitter at you, me, Capri's on YouTube at youtube.com slash you, me, Capri, and on podcast services around the globe. Yeah, Matt, I also <laughs> got to do it. So for Sean Capri and Consul Cato and Matt Sawinski and Garrett Bland, I did that in reverse that time. I'm Ryan Turford. This has been the you, me, Capri's, and we're out. Bye-bye. Bye. Do, 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 do.